I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive to work. Okay, so we've been uh, in the middle of a series talking all about the cards from Unstable. So I'm talking about every card minus the contraptions, um, and we are up to Finders Keepers. So it's a common sorcery, five and a black, so six mana total, one which is black. Destroy a target creature, then assemble a contraption. So one of the things we wanted to that was important was we wanted to make sure that we sort of could get people to dip their, their toe into contraptions, if you will. And so one of the things we wanted to do was use a couple cards that just would kind of sometimes get into decks because you just needed it in the deck, and then in limited, so like six mana for a kill spell is not a great card in constructed, but in limited, eh, you tend to run it. You know, kill spells are pretty important. And so the idea was we wanted to kind of tip your, dip your toe into contraptions, and maybe once you're playing one or two contraptions, you know, you're encouraged to play a little bit more. So the idea is you draft this somewhat early, because kill spells are good, and then you go, oh, well, I already have a contraption. Maybe I should draft a few more contraptions. Um, the other interesting thing about this thing is... Sometimes we make a card and then we, we stick creative team with, uh, oh, it's just kill a creature or assemble a contraption. What does that mean? Um, and so I liked a lot the flavor we came up with, which was that you're, you kill somebody, then you rifle their pockets and find stuff maybe that you can put into your contraption. I thought that was kind of cute. Okay, first pick. It's an uh, uncommon uh, instant. Uh, costs three and a green. Uh, so four mana total, one of which is green. Destroy target artifact or enchantment, assemble a contraption. Um, so here's another example where we were trying to sort of, you always want to make sure that you get, um, you get a green, um, you get a green, uh, naturalized effect in common. Um, but we also want to make sure we had enough contraptions. And this is another example, just like Finders Keepers, where we doubled up a little bit, where we made, now this is more a sideboard effect than a main deck effect. Although in this set, because, um, because of contraptions and because, uh, there's an artifact theme in the set. You might want naturalizes slightly higher than you normally would. Um, but anyway, this was just sort of, we were, one of the things that tends to happen when you design sets is you have needs and you kind of run out of space. And so sometimes you double up on stuff. So this is a good example where green needed a contraption card to common, or uncommon, and um, green needed a naturalized effect. And we sort of combined them together. So a couple of funny things about individual parts. So the name first pick is a joke. Uh, this is not a card you would first pick. This is a card you would pick much, much later in the pack. Uh, that is a joke. A lot of people somehow think, didn't get that we were, uh, our tongue was uh, in our mouth, as you would say. Um, we were joking. Uh, and uh, this shows the creature, the, the hammers growing on trees. Um, and there was a lot of debate among the artists of, if you had a hammer tree, what part of the hammer would be, like, where do you pluck the hammer off of? How does it grow on a tree? And there's a lot of debate about what part grows off the tree and where are you snapping it off. Um, I think I wrote this flavor text. I thought it was funny that once, once you got the idea of the hammers growing trees, what other, uh, how else could you grow things? And the idea of saw bushes, I don't know, I thought it was just funny. Like, uh, you know, how bushes a lot of times will have things that will catch you. So they get the saw, you know, I thought that was cute. Okay, next, five finger discount. So it's an uncommon sorcery. costs four blue-blue, so six mana total, two which is blue. Put target non-land permanent into your hand. You may spend mana as though it were mana of any color the next time you cast that card. Okay, so this was that a couple things. One is, um, one of the rules about um, silver border sets is you have to have something about the card that is silver border. By the way, finders keepers and first pick, another reason they both tack on 
build a contraption onto basic effects is we're not allowed to do basic effects in a vacuum. Something about it has to be silver border. Contraptions, those are silver border. So here, the thing we do is normally when I return, I mean, when I bounce something, when I return, I return it to owner's hand. Well, this does not say owner's hand. This says your hand. So this allows you to do something. In black border, one of the big no-nos is you are not allowed to put opponent stuff into your hand. So I can never put my opponent's cards into my hand. It always bounces to its owner's hand. Um, uh, and so in black border, one of the ideas is only you kind of get to handle your cards. You don't let your opponent handle your cards. But silver border, we're above that. So, uh, so in silver border, you can actually go take somebody else's card and put it into your hand. Um, the rider we have on this is because you can get something that's not yours, we give you a means to be able to cast it. So the idea is if you, if you pick somebody else's thing up, this lets you then cast that thing. Um, and it's kind of cute. It's, it's a kind of effect that we might do in black border if we allowed this one component to be in black border. Um, but anyway, it is definitely something that was um, something I... Early on, I made a list of things that I wanted to do that I knew we couldn't do in Black Border. Um, and uh, I think both Unglued and Unhinged had messed around with having car- your opponent's cards in your hands in different ways. Um, but I realized I'd never done the simple bounce spell. So um, this is one of the effects I believe was pretty early in the file. Um, I think the earliest version didn't have the writer on it. It just let you bounce things. But then what we found was it got stuck in your hand a lot, and that was kind of less fun. Because um, then it was kind of like, you had all these memory issues remembering that you had it, because it would just get stranded there. So we added the rider to sort of, so it didn't get stranded there. Um, but anyway, um, that is five finger discount. Uh, forest. Okay, well, I'll talk a little bit about the, the basic land. Uh, I, I don't need to talk about all five, I guess. But um, one of the things that we'd wanted to do with the basic lands is do something cool and different. We actually experimented with a bunch of just ideas, not actually not just for our land. Um, but one of the one of the interesting things was um, once we decided that we wanted to do contraptions and started messing around with contraptions, um, we got to full bleed and realized we could do full bleed. Um, and one of the things that had happened in Unhinged is we actually had two different versions of, of um, the four lands. We had the ones that ended up going in the set, which had a very very tiny border. And we had another set that had no border, went all the way to the edge. Um, and at the time we were making Unhinge, I went around and talked to people, and the general consensus was that was too much. You know, we needed to have a border. You can't, you can't have no border. That's crazy. Um, so we ended up unhinged, going farther than we had done on Unglued. So we sort of, uh, and I feel like this was a natural progression, is to do the thing that we talked about Unhinge, but we're afraid to do. Uh, now we're like, no, all the way to the edge. Um, we went and talked to John Avon, who did the... Um, Fort Land for Unhinged. John Avon's really good at doing um, art for, for basic lands. And so we had him do the art and made what I consider to be one of the most really breathtaking basic lands we've ever made. Um, one of the people asked me whether or not, like, um, are unsets not supposed to do Fort Land anymore because it's sort of grown beyond unsets? And my answer is look, doing weird and fun basic lands. Unsets put that on the map. Four lands were an unset thing. And while I'm happy that we're finding ways to take things and push them beyond Silver Border into Black Border, well, I guess those were always in Black Border, but the, we're glad to take Silver Border things and move them beyond Silver, you know, uh, silver Border sets. Um, I still like for us to push the boundaries. Um, lands all the way to the edge is something we had never done before. And so I felt like it was still us pushing. Um, 
one of the challenges for the next sunset, which I hope will happen, is I, I believe that basic lands are just an expectation for unsets, and I want to do them. But I want to always keep pushing boundaries and figure out cool ways to do things that people don't expect. So I have no idea what we're doing for the next, um, the next batch of full art lands. I'm sure we will do them. I, I don't even know they'll be full art, but the next unlands, I'm not sure what we'll do with them. Okay, next, garbage elemental. Uncommon creature, elemental, 2-4 for 4 and a red. So 5 mana, 1 of which is red. Okay, so the garbage elemental is another one of our rules variant cards. Uh, this is uncommon. Like I said, there's three uncommon and three rare ones. Uh, one in each color and one artifact. So we already saw everything Majig was the artifact. Um, so garbage elemental actually is interesting. So originally, when, if you go back a ways, one of our goals when we first started making Unstable was to play around with new things for collation and for printing. Like, how can we do, um, what can we do with new printing technology? And one of the ideas we played around with was cards that um, are not the same card. Because one of the things with new printing technology um, is that you can make, like, so the idea of this card originally was that we'd have a collection of abilities. Um, let's say we had, I don't know, 30, 40 abilities. And the idea was each card would pick two of those abilities and print it on the card. And the idea was, because it would be random, there would just be a huge number of, um, so if there's 40 things, is that 40 times 39? I'm trying to remember. I think it's 40 times 39. Anyway, it's a, it would be a huge number of unique different cards. Um, now, it turns out that idea, while really cool, was something that we couldn't do yet. We, even though we worked way ahead and took forever to get the set out, uh, print technology didn't quite c- catch up to some of the uh, design ideas we had. Maybe one day we can do that. I hope we can. It's kind of cool. Um, but... Um, anyway, uh, so what we did to mimic it, this is the one card where we try to mimic what the original card was going to do. So this card, we just stuck two abilities on it as if they were random two abilities, (coughs) but just made six versions of it. That'd be cool abilities, cool combinations to get, to get. Um, I think this one, I think we, what we did here is one of them is a normal keyword and one of them is, has some unqualities to it. So, for example, this is Frenzy 2. So, Frenzy is whenever this creature attacks and isn't blocked, it gets plus 2, plus 0. Frenzy is one of the keywords that showed up on the future shifted cards in Future Sight. Uh, and then, Garbage Elemental can't be blocked by wordy creatures. A creature is wordy if it has four or more lines of rules text. By the way, we had a mis- we miswrote the reminder text for wordy um, on Frazzle Editor in Unhinged. It's not supposed to count... Um, it's only supposed to count rules text. Because it's not supposed to count flavor text because like a grizzly bear isn't wordy even though it has lots of flavor text. Um, so we errated it. Ironically, the card that has all the mistakes on it has a mistake on it. Uh, we errated it in un- unhinged and then in unstable when we wrote it out, we made sure to write it correctly. So this is the actual correct wording uh, for the reminder text for um, protection from wordy. Uh, it does not count flavor text. It just counts rules text. Um, anyway, there are six versions of this card. I don't have them all in front of me, but... Each one of them has two abilities, one of which is a normal ability, although once as Frenzy shows, uh, we definitely pick and choose to make sort of quirky uh, regular abilities. And then the other one, usually it's some unflavored ability. Okay, next. Gimme five. Uncommon instant for one white, for a single white mana. Uh, you gain one life for each person who high-fives you in the next 30 seconds. Each player in a silver border game who high-fives you gains one life. Offer high-fives, don't hit people. 
Um, so a couple things. One is um, we had a mechanic in the set for a while that was called Stopwatch. And what Stopwatch was is it told you you had, you had so much time to do some goal. Um, and I think this card was one of our Stopwatch cards originally. Uh, and the idea was you had to get so many... In a certain amount of time, you had to get so many high fives. I forget exactly how many it was. Um, and then when we stopped doing Stopwatch, um, we took it out of the file. But then it dawned on me when I was trying to do more, um, more involving of other people... I really something that made me realize that I love this idea of high-fiving people and that getting an environment where it's fun to kind of run around and high-five everybody. Um, so we ended up putting this back in, but rather um, than be timed, we decided, okay, uh, I mean, it is time. You only have 30 seconds. But rather than try to get so many in that time, it's just like you gain a life for every high-five you get. And, and one of the things we thought would be fun is we want the set to have a lot of cards that generate stories and we knew that the high five would just like, I got 40 high fives. You know, I gained 40 life. I gained 50 life, you know. And uh, people have posted videos of their high five where they're like, the entire store is lining up to high five them. Um, and a lot of cool stuff has happened. Um, a few things about this. One is, um, so Glenn was our editor. Glenn made very careful to word this to make sure, because one of the problems we had with Unhinged um, and unglued was sometimes people would interpret things in a way that, that would be a little dangerous. Uh, like people were chasing people around with vile bile and stuff like that. Um, so we wanted to make sure that this was a voluntary high five. Um, and so we were very careful that it words that you get a life for each person that gives you a high five, not that you high five, me- meaning, and then we said in the reminder text, offer high fives, don't hit people. Um, we really... <laughs> We really didn't want this to be, I go around smacking people and get a life for every person I smack. That's not the card. Uh, the person you're high-fiving has to be involved in the high-five. They have to voluntarily high-five you. You can't just hit people. Uh, that's important. Also, what we did to try to also give a little fun is we made the person getting the high-five have a reward. But we had to limit the reward to people playing in a silver border game because we didn't want, like... You know, somebody casts this card and then somehow a real black border game gets affected. One of our rules is silver border games can affect other games, but only other silver border games. Um, we made a card in Unhinged called Ass Whoopin, um, where you could destroy something in another game. Um, but we made the ruling that you, you can't, sort of there's a barrier around black border games. You cannot, the silver border cannot pierce that barrier and affect black border games. It can affect silver border games. Uh, we define silver border games as any game in which someone's playing with a silver border card. Um, but anyway, we let the person who's in a silver border game gain a life just because of some encouragement. Um, and one of the fun stories I've heard is not just even the person getting the high five who's running around, but the person who gets the high five who's in a situation where that one life made the difference. Um, and I always find it funny of, you know, like I, I've definitely been playing where like I'm low in life total and I see a high five and I'm like, I'm reaching my hand up. I'm like, come on. Come on, person. Come over here. I need, Let's high-five. Um, but anyway, I, I really liked how that card turned out. Okay. Okay, next. Gnome-made engine. Um, so this is an art... It's a common artifact host creature uh, construct. It's a 2-2. And when this creature enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 colorless gnome artifact creature token. So this is uh, a host creature, and it makes a little token creature... 
Uh, I think originally when we first made the host and suture creatures, we didn't make any artifact creatures. Um, and this was, I think, a green creature. made a little 1-1 green creature. Um, but then we realized when we were doing the math and the as fans that we kind of needed artifact creatures to help make sure that you could fill out your... Um, if you want to play host and suture, we wanted to give extra cards that anybody could play. So we ended up making a bunch of artifact creatures. And then what we did is we moved over the abilities that made sense in artifact. And making a token felt pretty artifacty. And not that colors don't make tokens, but it definitely felt like that. And then uh, for fun, we made it a gnome token. The, the, the artifact token in the set is a gnome token. There are a couple cards that make them. I think this is a card, by the way, that I originally had. There's no race like gnome on. Um, and then it got cut for some reason, and I, I convinced Kelly to put it on the other card. But, uh, um, but anyway, this was, um, like I said, it was a green card for quite a while. Okay. Um, go to jail. So when, you, when go to jail enters the battlefield, exile target creature and opponent controls until go to jail leaves the battlefield. At the beginning of upkeep of the exile card's owner, uh, that player rolls two six-sided dice. If he or she rolls doubles, sacrifice go to jail. Okay, so we came up with this pretty cool idea um, of, well, we, had, we already had dice as a component, and I forget who came up with this card, um, but the idea was to mimic Go to Jail from Monopoly. So Go to Jail, uh, in Monopoly, you can get a card that says Go to Jail, and then you don't get out of jail until you roll doubles at every turn you roll a card. Um, and dice mattered, and we, we, we liked the idea that you were like, put away, but you didn't know how long, and then also the person who's in jail gets to roll dice, and sometimes that's good. Um, and so it just was, it interacted with everything. Um, and we liked a lot. So we liked the idea that it was kind of a, a nod to go to jail. But um, so it turns out that Monopoly is a Hasbro property. So we actually said, let's, let's go talk to Hasbro and see if we can actually just call it go to jail. Um, you know, we, we could have kind of made a, a subtle nod to it without be, being called go to jail, and then those who were in the know would kind of figure out what we were doing. But we thought, look, we're having fun. This is Hasbro. Let's go see if we can do this. So um, now at HasCon, we actually made three cards that referenced other games, one of which we'll see later in the set, sort of Dungeon Dragons. Um, the other two, one referenced um, um, Grimlock referenced Transformers, and then um, there was a, nerf, a card referenced Nerf. Um, that's the first time we'd ever gone to talk to other, we'd ever referenced other properties outside of Wizards. Um, but this set got made before that, um, and actually, sort of Dungeon Dragons, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that, was already always in the set, although Dungeon Dragons is down the hall, so that's a lot easier to talk to. Um, but we did go through the steps and talk to them, and we got thumbs up from the Monopoly people. Um, and so we actually got to call it Go to Jail. We even made it all caps, because it's all caps um, in the game. Go to Jail is in all caps. So we did it in all caps. Um... But anyway, I, this card has been a lot of fun, and it really plays... It really is one of those examples where, um, like, when we rolled the dice, the reason we started originally was not because we thought of dice interactions, but, but because we thought we were able to roll dice. There was dice rolling in this. And it turns out that making the opponent roll dice sometimes does some weird things. Usually it's positive to roll dice, so sometimes, like, I need to lock away their big creature. Oh, but I need to give them access to dice rolls. For example, on game night... Um, uh, I was playing, um, which, which game was it? I think it's the first game. Um, I was playing Josh. And he had two creatures, one of which was like a 6-6 six, six creature, and the other grew every time you rolled a certain die, uh, the, uh, the beaker, the uh, sacred beaker. Um, and 
But I ended up, the bigger creature was going to be more of a problem, but then he was rolling dice, so the things started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so it was really interesting on how I kind of had to get rid of the 6-6, six, six, but I was, I was setting myself up for, for a danger. And I ended up solving that and won that game. But uh, it was a really neat interaction, so I, I really enjoy how that's played. Goblin, Goblin Haberdasher. So this is an uncommon creature. Goblin, uh, uh, goblin uh, Hadificer. A creature, Goblin Hadificer. 2-2-2-R. We, we, that's a new thing, Hadificer. Um, and it says uh, it's got Menace. Uh, and then other creatures you control hats, uh, other creatures you control wearing hats in their art have menace. So first off, let me add to the question that everybody's asking. Why wasn't this haste? Haberdasher, it was haste. That's where we started. Haberdasher granted haste. Um, it turned out not to play particularly well. Um, so we ended up putting menace on, which played a little bit better. Um, that is where we started because Haberdasher gains haste. It just didn't play that well. Um... So we went through a lot of iterations on this card. It it started as Haberdasher, started as looking for hats, not something else. Um, I had messed around in the other unsets about caring about art in some way, because um, Black Borders, not a lot of care about art, because we'll do reprints, and the card could have different art, but all versions of the card have to be the same mechanically. So um, Black Border can't care about art. So I love the idea that here's a set where... You know, Silver Border can care about that. So I like making a few Art Matter cards. So this is an Art Matters card. Um, now, it has led to a lot of, uh, is this a hat? Is that a hat? So in the FAQ, I define a hat. Um, there is a lot of nuance that goes into what exactly a hat is. Um, the biggest question I've answered is the Brainiacs have this dome-like brain thing that has their brain in it. And the answer for that is that is not a hat. That is their head. That is not a hat. Um... But then we, we got into a lot of things about helmets and this and that. So helmets are hats. And anyway, I, in the FAQ, I spell out all the definition of hats. Um, but this was, I feel like every unset, there, for some reason, I, well, not for some reason, but there, there always is some uh, card in which I have to define an English word and then go, here's what a hat is. Here's what food is. Anyway, so that, that hat was, uh, this card was that for this set. Um, but anyway, it's a fun card, and I love the idea that you can build a deck around it, and it's my hat deck. Um, Innistrad, by the way, has a lot of hats in it if you want to uh, uh, find a set with lots of hats. Okay, next, Graveyard Busybody. So it's a rare creature, human spy, uh, star star, for four blue blue, so six mana, two of which is blue. All graveyards are, all, are also your graveyards. And Graveyard Busybody's power and toughness are each equal to the number of cards with flavor text in your graveyard. So first off, I think that the card started with just the second ability, which is it gained control of everybody's graveyard. Um, but the concern was that it didn't really do anything unto itself. Um, so we added the second rider to care about um, to care about flavor to, uh, care about flavor text in graveyards to make having somebody else controlling someone's graveyard mean something just within the context of this card. Um, the other big question is whether or not you can gain someone's graveyard in a normal game. Um, I went and talked to Eli about this, and it does a lot of weird, quirky things that we decided this was the right place to put it. Um, and I like the extra um, the extra ability just gives it some, some meaning beyond that. And I like caring about flavor text, and so caring about flavor text in, on creatures and graveyards is definitely kind of interesting. Um, so it definitely it ends up being sort of a weird flavor-based Lurgoif, which is kind of cool. Um, and as far as caring about the opponent's graveyards, there's just a lot of neat, weird things you can do. 
Um, we let you gain control of the opponent's stuff, but we, we don't normally let you gain control of the opponent's a zone of the opponent. Um, and so this one definitely does quirky things. Okay, next, Ground Pounder. Common creature, Goblin Warrior, 2-2, two, two, 1 and a green. For 3 and a green, roll 6 out of die. Ground Pounder gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the result. And it says whenever you roll 5 or higher on a die, Ground Pounder gains trample until end of turn. Okay, so um, once we decided to bring dice back, we had dice and unglued, and then due to the poor reception on some of the cards, I didn't bring that to unhinged. Upon further research, I realized that it was more an execution thing than dice as a whole, because I really did enjoy how a lot of dice played, and, and um, especially because Magic has gotten a little more of a casual crowd since the early days, I decided to bring dice back. Um, there's a card in the original set called... Oh, what is it? Uh, it's a chicken. That It's a green chicken. Um, chicken wall or something? I'm blanking on the name. Anyway, it has the thing where you get a roll die. You roll two dice, and then it gets plus X, plus X whenever you, the die roll matches. But then you sacrifice it if you ever roll... I forget what it is. So it kind of did the thing that we weren't supposed to do, which was you had upside, but you had this downside that was kind of just made you apprehensive sometimes to roll the dice. Oh, I, I, I know what it was. You roll the dice, and if you got doubles, you got that much bigger. But if you rolled a certain combination, then it, it, it died. Um, or maybe if you rolled doubles twice, uh, anyway. it had this thing where it got bigger, but it could be destroyed. So I said, okay, let's just, let's try to take that idea, simplify it a little bit. So the idea here is it gets bigger, uh, you'll, you only roll one die. It doesn't some of the time work. It always works. Um, so instead of it sometimes works, sometimes not working, now it always works. Now it scales. Plus one plus one is not as good as plus six plus six. But the idea is you want to roll the die. It's always good to roll the die. If you have the mana, of course you should roll the die. Um, and then the idea was we gave you, we like it to scale, and we like to have a lot of variance in unsets, meaning I like the idea that that, you know, your die roll can be, eh, not so much, or, oh, my God, that's backbreaking, uh, uh, can win the game. Um, so we decided that we wanted to give you a reward if you rolled high enough. So originally what the card did was if you rolled a six, um, you got trample. But the problem we ran into was the template, um, because of the cards in black, squirrel power and, um, is it called lab squirrel? Um, there's a bunch of cards, uh, oh, scheming squirrel, sorry. Lab Squirrel became Scheming Squirrel. Um, there's a bunch of cards in black that let you make a die roll one or two higher than normal. So you can roll higher than the six. So what we didn't want is, if we said if you roll a six, we didn't want to punish you for rolling a seven or rolling an eight. So we said, okay, well, if you roll six or higher. But the problem is, if you don't know the existence of the black border card, I'm sorry, not black border, of the black cards that raise your die roll, um, it just reads really weird. If you roll six or higher on a six-sided die, how do I roll six or higher on a six-sided die? And it just was confusing. So the answer was to take all the cards that gave you a reward for rolling six and make it five or um, rather than six, five or higher. That way, if I say five or higher, it doesn't throw you because there is a higher number on a six-sided die. Um, and we had to retweak. I think this one we didn't have to change much because the granting of trample was, well, good. Um, it, was more, it was acceptable on a five or six based on what we cost it. Um, but anyway, yeah, this card started, um, once again, this is a card that we had really early on. We, the dice rolling was one of the earliest things we put in the set. Uh, and like I say, other than changing the five to the six, 
I don't think this one changed much. Okay, next, Grusilda, Monster Masher. So she's a rare, legendary creature. She's a zombie villain, 4-4, for three black and red. So five mana, one black, one red. Combined, enchanted, and equipped creatures you control have menace. Um, and three black, red tap. Put two target creature cards from graveyards onto the battlefield. Um, combined into one creature under your control. Its power is equal to their total power. Its toughness is equal to their total toughness. And it has their name, mana cost, type, and text boxes. So the idea is what she does is she combines things into um, these monster mashups. Um, This is something I actually try to do in real Black Border Magic. There's a card called Dracoplasm in Tempest, which is the first time I try to do this. Um, And then Dracoplasm ended up being you just sort of pick something and then added some other stuff on and I think you made it into a dragon or something. It did turn quite a bit. But I did originally try to smash two creatures together from the graveyard. Um, The flavor was kind of fun. But anyway... It's one of those things that I tried to make, went away, and I just kind of forgot about. And this was finally the time where I said, oh, wait, because it's weird that I'll come up with things, and then I make some more sets, I just forget, oh, yeah, here's a weird card I made. So I remembered I had this card. Um, We made it such, by the way, so when it says combined enchanted and equipped creatures, um, combined means anything that gets put together. So the things she makes is combined, host and suture is combined, meld is combined, so anytime we use uh, BFM is combined, anything, uh, it's a new term that we made for this, but anytime you sort of put two things together, and then we added equipped and enchanted just to sort of give her a little extra, you know, a little viability. Um, but anyway, uh, she is one of the Cabal. There's four members of the Cabal that run the uh, Legion of Dashley Doom. She is one of them. Um, she has a little bit of a, uh, a Bride of Frankenstein kind of look about her to give her a little sort of monster feel because um, she is, um, she herself is a zombie, so we want to give a little Frankenstein feel. She's more like a Frankenstein zombie than a, a necromatic zombie. Um, but anyway, that is Grusilda. Okay, uh, next, Half Kitten Half. So this is uh, an uncommon uh, creature, although it's an augment card. Uh, it's uncreature cat, uh, plus one, plus two. Uh, so that means is it, you plus its power by one and toughness by two, um, and then it overrides it to make it a cat. Um, and then uh, whenever you're dealt damage, is the uh, the way um, augments work is they give you a new trigger. So this triggers whenever you're dealt damage, and then it has the augment cost, which costs uh, two and a white for this card. Uh, and what that means is that you can spend two and a white uh, in your hand to augment a host creature on the a battlefield. Um, so, the, we, when we first made the augment, most of them were called half something, half something. Because um, we wanted you to get the idea that these were augmented. Um, originally, I think we had Kitten as a host creature, but we didn't have it as a suture creature. And then I think it was Kelly that came up with the idea that we could have both a cat, or a, sorry, a kitten, adorable kitten, and have a creature that's half kitten, half, so that you can make the half kitten, half kitten. Um, the only mistake I think we made on this, which is an awesome joke, is we should have colored this cat. We had the same artist do both cats, and the cats look the same. We should have had the cats be different colors. So half kitten, half kitten is the same adorable kitten. Just half of it is like tabby, and half of it is black. I think that would have been a funnier joke. Um, but anyway, this thing is pretty potent if you ever played half kitten, half kitten. Uh, it is 
because uh, uh, durable kit can get you uh, D6 life, uh, and this is whenever you take damage. So the cool part about getting half kitten, half kitten is anytime someone damages, you gain up to six life. So there's times in which someone will damage you and you go up in life. Uh, I actually, on my, if you watch my, my uh, the same game I was talking about playing with Josh on the, the first game on Game Nights, um, when we did the Unstable show, um, you can see me get a half kitten, half kitten. Okay, we go on to the next. Oh, we have a bunch of these in a row because we're in the halves. Half Orc Half uh, is an uncommon creature. Orc Warrior gives plus three, plus one. It has Trample. Uh, and then at the beginning of each end step, if an opponent was dealt damage this turn with an augment of one RR. So once we had the naming convention of Half Blank Half, um, so in D&D, you can play an Orc, but there's also Half Orcs. I believe Half Orcs are uh, one of your parents is an Orc and one is a human, I believe. It's a cross between humans and Orcs, just like Half Elf. Um... But anyway, half-orc is a D&D joke, and we were, doing, we were already doing some D&D jokes, so we decided to do half-orc. Um, and uh, um, this is one of the ones that grants you an ability when you put it on, that not only do you get plus three, plus one, but it also gets trample. Um, and then this thing is an end-of-turn trigger that cares about whether or not you've done damage. Uh, and the nice thing about it is the creature itself has trample, so it increases the chance that you got some damage through um, to the opponent. So it sort of helps enable that you maybe can make this happen. Next, half shark, half. Um, so this is an uncommon creature. It's a fish. Grants you plus three, plus three. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, and then augment five blue. So this is, um, it literally just happens every turn. You don't have to do anything. It just happens every turn. So this one costs a lot. It costs six mana to augment. Um, but it can definitely um, do something pretty cool. So the interesting thing about this is, in the original, if you ever saw the first mock-up of Host and Suture we made, uh, Dan Emmons, one of my team members, actually drew it, it was, there's a card called Card Shark that was a creature that drew you cards, and then there was, uh, we put, uh, I think we put Half Ninja, at the time we called it Half Ninja Half, rather than, now it's called Ninja. Um, so that card was, I think... I think Half Shark Half is what was the ninja card, I believe. Um, or maybe the ninja card is when you dealt damage. Anyway, um, we decided to put the shark in the front half. Um, I'm not sure why, in retrospect. The back half has this... Anyway, we, we were trying to figure out what was funnier, the front half or the back half. I mean, the front half has all the teeth, obviously. Um, and uh, maybe we snuck in the fin. I guess the fin's the most identifiable thing for a, uh, for a shark. Um... But anyway, we ended up, so there is a shark, so you can't have half a shark and you can't have half a ninja, but you can't have a ninja with a shark. Um, I did like the card drawing card being card shark. I thought that was funny. Um, but uh, it ended up being merman, I think now is the card. So um, so we had always planned for there to be a shark. Uh, there ended up being a shark. It just didn't quite end up uh, on the half we thought it was going to be. Um, but I do like the card, and by the way, uh, half shark, half man, which is on the merman, where every turn you draw a card is a really good combo. Although this is this is a good combo of just about everything because it's just like every turn it happens. That's that's pretty good. So if, if you're drafting half shark, it's, it's really good. Also really good is half squirrel, half squirrel half. So half squirrel half is an uncommon creature. Uh, it's a squirrel. It gets minus one, minus zero. Uh, so whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield, an augment G. So this thing is very cheap to augment. It is the only one that grants you a minus... It lowers your power. But um, whenever a, a non-token creature enters the battlefield, it's a pretty potent... Um, it's a pretty potent um, 
uh, trigger. Um, and uh, it, it's funny, half squirrel, half pony, by the way, we ended up having a rat uh, uh, ordinary pony, which I'll, I'll get to eventually, uh, because half squirrel, half pony basically just was an infinite combo that as long as you had any other uh, enter the battlefield effect, which is any host creature, it just went off infinitely, which proved to be a little too much, so we had to, um, we had to tweak the pony. Um, but anyway, uh, it's, it's nice to know that one of the, that the, the dangerous combo uh, of, uh, of the set was half squirrel, half pony. So anyway. Um, next, Hammer Helper. It's a common sorcery, costs three and a red, so four mana, one of which is red. Gain control, target creatures, end of turn. Untap that creature and roll six-sided die. Until end of turn, it gains haste and gets plus X plus O, where X is the result. Um, this is another challenge we have in making uncards. They have to be silver-bordered. So um, this is us saying, hey, we want to have a threaten effect. How do we make it on? Well, one of the reasons using dice is really nice is it's a very easy way to add stuff on. So this is like, oh, I steal it, and then I boost it. Well, how do I boost it? Oh, I roll a die. Um, this is another one we made pretty early on. Um, but it's a, it's a good example why dice are just a really, really valuable tool for the unsets. It allows us to make a lot of pretty simple, straightforward cards that are, like, if die rolling existed in Black Border, this is the kind of card we maybe would do in Black Border. I mean, there's reason we don't do die rolling because of the variance. But, um, I mean, this is, as far as what it's doing, it is a pretty straightforward card. Yeah, yeah, it's die rolling, but um, this is the kind of thing. Like, a lot of cards we can't put on the, like, we can never, ever program a Magic Online uh, the dice rolling cards you can, very clean, very straightforward, not going to cause any problems. Um, computers know how to roll die dice. So anyway, um, I like this card because it's clean and, and straightforward. Oh, also, by the way, um, another little thing we added into the, um, the Goblin Explosionaires is when they were designing the, the faction, uh, they came up with this idea that the Goblins were obsessed with hammers, which ended up playing throughout the set. I'm not sure... It, if you look at it, it's a running joke throughout all the goblins, and they're just obsessed with hammers. Um, and so it's just kind of funny um, that, uh, you know, like this is somebody who's like a, a goblin that, uh, you know, he, he's the, the fixer for getting you hammers because everybody needs their hammer. Um, so I, anyway, I thought that's kind of funny. Um, next, Hammerfest Boomtacular. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I skipped Hammer Jammer. Hammer Jammer. Um, so Hammer Jammer is an uncommon, uncommon creature, Goblin Warrior, uh, zero, 0 for 3 and a red, so 4 mana, 1 which is red. As Hammer Jammer enters the battlefield, roll 6 out of die. Uh, Hammer Jammer enters the battlefield with a number of plus 1 counters on it equal to the roll. And then whenever you roll a die, remove all plus 1 counters from Hammer Jammer and then put that many uh, on it. So the idea is... Um, when you play him, you roll a die to set what his power toughness is. But then, anytime you roll a die for anything, it resets his power toughness. Um, uh, if you roll two dies at the same time, like for go to jail, you get to pick which one you want. Um, but anyway, the idea essentially is he's a guy who's as big as your, your latest die rolling. Um, which is a lot of fun because it makes you really think about when you want to roll your dice. Um, and it definitely creates some fun interaction. Like, you want to roll... Is he low enough that you want to use your die rolling card before he attacks, so maybe he's bigger? Or, no, 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 he's already big. You want to attack first with him and then roll later. That's, that's kind of cool stuff like that. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I, it, it's a fun card that has a lot of neat interactions. 
Okay, last card for today, because I'm, I'm at work, but I'll finish up my Hammer stuff. Hammerfest Boomtacular. So I want to tell you, this is the one card... Um, well, actually, let me tell you what the card does, and I'll, I'll give you my little note about it. Uh, it's an uncommon enchantment for three red-red. So it costs five mana, two which is red. Um, so whenever you cast a spell with a goblin explosion watermark, Hammerfest Boomtacular deals two damage to target creature or player. Um, so this is the site uh, I explained earlier with um, uh, Rumor of My Death, is there's an uncommon cycle of uh, faction watermark matters that you can build around and draft. This is the one for the, gob- for the goblins. Um, so the idea here is that whenever you cast a spell that has it. Um, so my note on this card is it's the one card where I wanted a different name. Um, I think the name I wanted, A, didn't fit, and B, I think they wanted to have a name more themed. My, my name, by the way, was Totally Original Red Uncommon. And the reason I wanted that name is this is an effect we do all the time. When we care about something, we want to care about it, and we want to draft around it. It's like, okay, here's a red uncommon that says whenever you do this thing, you know, you cast a card with this effect, or you use this effect, or whatever. Whenever you do the thing in question, hey, you get a shock. Um, I think the first one was done whenever you cycled a card. Um, lightning, uh, what was it called? Lightning, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, okay, you guys are yelling at the name. But anyway, there's a card in Onslaught. Whenever you cycled a card, you got to do, you got to shock something. You got to do two damage to something. Uh, and that card went over so well. Lightning Rift. Lightning Rift. That card went over so well that just, it's something we do all the time. It's just an easy go-to place. It's a fun build around. People get it. And so it just seemed like the, I was looking at different things to do here. I'm like, why am I fighting the original, fighting the inevitable? This is just a cool, clean effect. So then I named it Totally Original Red Uncommon. And um, anyway, I don't think the name fit. And we weren't doing, in the past, we've done some names that were bigger than normal. We weren't doing that this time. Um, and uh, Kelly, I think, really wanted to, ha- he had a fun creative, the, 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 the goblin sort of, uh, the fast, anyway. Uh, it's less music and more straightforward hearing damage. Um, anyway, that by the friends. It's uh, uh, that's Hammer Hammerfest Boomtacular. Okay, so I will continue on next time. Obviously, I have a lot more cards to talk about. Hope you guys are enjoying this. Um, there are a lot of neat uh, things to discuss. But anyway, I'm at work, so we all know what that means. This is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time.